Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about your eternalness, the love that's with inside of us that goes on and on and on well beyond the time that our physical bodies wear out and throughout all of the years. You know, so many wonderful, amazing people have gone on before us, and yet they still live with us right here in our hearts. And we can commune with them, and we can be with them still, and they're never further away than just a whisper, just to speak to them. So today, we want to really spend some time. It's interesting, um, you know, though this will actually air on the 15th, the day after Valentine's. It's Valentine's Day when I'm putting together the introduction to this. And, um, you know, I think it's very fitting to talk about the great love that we have for certain people in our life and how that love just goes on and on and never ends. Their physical bodies may not any longer be here with us, but the spirit and the presence of who they are is always there. To be really vulnerably honest with you, this is going to be a tough one for me, and hopefully I'll get through it with you, but my own father just passed away yesterday, and I'm so mixed up because I rejoice at the fact that I know that he's in heaven, and he's with the family that's gone on before, and then he's watching over me. And I know and I feel and I sense his love so great and so powerful that it was when he was here on earth, and so much more now that he's released from this mortal earth suit, meat sack, I think I heard somebody call it once, and can truly and freely be the him that he always was. And I love these two books. It's so wonderful how God put it together that these two books would be the two that would be this week's interview so that I can rejoice with them at those that have gone before us and the love that we still feel for them and the love that we know that they have for us. Love is eternal. Love doesn't stop the minute that a person's heart stops beating. Love goes on. Love is something so much greater and so much more than just what physicalness can express. More than a hug, more than all of that. Love is so much more. And, and those of us who have felt the love of our parents or a spouse or someone significant in our life, you understand. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That great love that comes through and is part of all of the rest of our life. It isn't just a momentary kind of thing, but is really truly something that will last and last forever that love that we feel in our hearts for those people who are so close to us. And so I do kind of dedicate today's show to my daddy. I love him very much. And he's still right here with me. And as these people talk about the great loves in their life, I hope that if you have somebody that you love that's still here, that you'll call them or reach out to them if they're right next to you and give them a hug. And that together we can share great love 
the love that doesn't end, that lasts forever and ever. I've got two amazing, great, best-selling authors here for you today that I'm so excited to be able to share their books and talk with them about all that they've been through and how they too commune with their great loves and the book that they put out to express their love, devotion, admiration, joy, um, and excitement for the people that were in their lives, that their physical bodies aren't here anymore, but their spirits and the love is still there. So today, let's celebrate great love. Let's really rejoice in those that have gone on and are waiting for us in heaven as I talk with these two amazing authors and we really celebrate the loves of our lives and how love is eternal and how much that allows us to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Let's jump right into our first interview. Join me in welcoming Melinda Bagwell. Hey, Melinda, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. Good. I'm glad to hear it. So your book is called Jasper and Aaron, Angels with Great Love. And this is book one of the three. Um, tell us first a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Um, I'm an ordinary person. I would start by saying that. And um, I like to keep track of things and... Um, when my husband died and I wanted to, uh, I ended up having a conversation with him. I just kept track of it and we ended up talking to him for 20 years and I kept track of it. So I show up in this book as uh, a person wanting to know, I want to know this and I want to know that. And well, I want to know some more. And, uh, it just went on for 20 years. That's about it. So what was that first conversation like? Was it, was it really surprising or did you kind of expect it was going to happen? No, I had no idea. It was, uh, it was short. It was sweet. Um, he just, um, he said his work was done because his death was a complete surprise. His work was done and he was safe. He was comfortable. He was at peace. And uh, he said it wasn't goodbye and we would meet again. And that was basically it, you know. So, oh, well, okay, you know. Uh, and that was it. So. So, you know, I mean, there's obviously some differences between when somebody's here physically with you and when you have access to them with as many conversations you've been had, but what kind of things are the same? What, what things are really the same now as they were before? You mean now that he's gone and, and when he was here? Yeah, the, the conversations you have with each other. Um, well, let's see. The love, of course, um, the love that's expressed between us is, is always the same. Um, his, um, Humor is the same. Um, his uh, telling me to get off the fence, uh, get back on track, pay attention to what I'm doing, uh, chiding, scolding, I guess you could call it, uh, very loving scolding. That's definitely the same, you know. Um, uh, but mostly I would have to say the love. There was always uh, the love just kind of, it comes through, it comes through wherever, whatever dimension, whatever, how many miles, distances, whatever, it, it just comes all the way through. The love always does. Mm -hmm. So who are Jasper and Aaron? Okay. Jasper is my guardian angel. And Aaron is, ah, I meant to turn that off, sorry. And uh, Aaron is Lisa's guardian angel. 
and Lisa was my channel. Uh, she's the one that that makes the contact with all of these uh, souls in the higher dimensions. So Jasper and Aaron, um, I had heard from Jaren, uh, from Jasper for years and years. I never knew his name for a long, long, long time. And it was through Lisa that I was able to understand that it was Jasper that had actually been talking to me and taking me on all these adventures and so forth for all of these years. So that was really cool to know that, oh, hey, Jasper, thank you, you know, that he'd been accompanying me all these years. Jasper and Aaron. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so tell us about one of the or some of the adventures that Jasper's taken you on. Oh, man. Uh, just fabulous, fabulous. Um, flying, just flying through, flying, just flying. And I can remember one journey. I was just having the best time. I was just out there just, oh, boy, in this fun, just, you know, having the best time, you know. And a little voice is just talking, 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 you know. And, um, then my, my conscious mind comes in, I guess oh, you should be paying attention. It was all gone. Like, oh man, you know, but that was it. I saw a planet. We went to a planet one time where all of the trees grew with the roots growing in the air. I mean, the, the trees were growing with the roots growing in the air. I mean, that was really cool, you know? I mean, just stuff. So do Jasper and Aaron, uh, you know, did they say things to you throughout the course of the book as well? Yes, they do. Yes, absolutely. They do. Yes. So mm -hmm. what kind of help and advice did they give you? Well, Jasper has told me to quit analyzing because uh, as a Taurus person, I analyze everything. And uh, Jasper tells me to quit, an quit analyzing and start feeling. Hmm. And um, that's so much easier said than done, you know, because I'll just give me a spreadsheet and I can figure it out. No problem, you know, but, oh, man, put it in my heart. You know, that's a whole different story. Hmm. But, yeah, you know. Jasper says, feel, start feeling, start feeling. Of course, Jim does too. But, and Aaron, I think one of the most significant things that Aaron told, told us, this was, I think, in, uh, this is going to be in book two, I think. Can we talk about book two? We can talk about, because all three of them are coming out. Sure. Okay. okay. In book two, um, this is when Lisa was going through a particularly difficult time and Aaron just flat set us down and uh, said, get your act together. This was to Lisa, get your act together. Um, and he told us that we were spiritually connected through a um, contracted bond before we were born and that we were together and we would always be together. And if one of us left the planet, um, even though one left and one stayed behind, we would both leave the planet, you know? And so basically it was a warning to Lisa, just, you know, get her act together. And um, that was very, we were, he called us mirror souls. We were higher than a twin soul but we were uh, mirror souls and we had made this agreement before we were born. And uh, that was an eye opener for me. You know, Lisa may have already known. She, Lisa was, Lisa knew all kinds of things. So she may have already known that, you know, but um, anyway, she, uh, when she made her choice to leave last year, um, it was like, wow, how do I get out of this? You know, <laughs> because I'm not ready to leave. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just absolutely not ready to leave. So 
Um, I don't know if you can really break a, a spiritual contract or not, but you know, I said, boy, I'm breaking this contract. I'm sorry, you guys. I am breaking this contract. Mm -hmm. Lisa, you're free. I'm free. Sorry, you guys. You know, but uh, that was uh, that was a real conversation from Aaron. You know, he just said, "Hmm, this is the way it is." So. So in book one, we're covering the early years. You know, it's like 2001 through yes. 2005. Um, how, and then in book three, we, book two, we do the middle years. And then book three, of course, comes right up to the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll have to see what happens, you know, now that Lisa isn't in the picture. But um, what what is different about those early years than will be in the other books? In book one, they just started out just barely telling us about the basics of the ascension process and the, the early lessons that we needed to learn about um, the spirituality of us all being connected, of us all being one. Um, which I didn't understand, um, but they just kept, we're all one, we're all one, we're all one. Uh, like when 9-11 happened, uh, we spoke to them in September, September 16th, I think it was, just, you know, a few weeks after 9-11. And um, that was the beginning of we're all one and this is a disaster and it takes disasters for the human people to understand that things have to change. And that was the beginning of you have to heal yourself so that you can help other people heal. And it was just uh, baby steps and to heal yourself so that you can help the world heal. And it was, uh, we're all one, we're all one. Heal the world, heal yourself, heal the world. heal. And then it gradually moved into just not healing people in your own heart, but healing the earth. Healing, healing yourself, healing your community, and just building and building until you are healing everything in your way. Not, not in your way, in your way, but everything... In your span does that make more sense healing yeah. everything that you can everything that you touch so um give us a little preview of what we'll be covering in book two okay book two uh, let's see here book two is about more in-depth um how how to start healing, how to get out of your head and into your heart and how to start feeling your place in the chaos that's around, um, not just in your own life, but in circumstances that pass through your eyes uh circumstances that you're involved with let's say in your work or in your family to see how you might have contributed even though you don't want to look at it how to start taking a look at your participation in it and how changing your outlook on yourself and your own attitudes and beliefs can make a difference in acceptance of allowing other people, whether they're right or wrong, to have their own beliefs. Because they have their own dance to play. And we'll be bringing book two out here in just a couple of weeks and then book three a couple of weeks following that. Um, but today you can get Jasper and Aaron, Angels with Great Love, book one for free if you go to Amazon. Um, and it's a great book. You guys got to get it. 
Uh, Melinda, do you have any parting words for us before we conclude today? I would like to say yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Steve, so much for doing this. I'd like to say that my story probably isn't unique, that everyone has their own story about messages from angels, and they just need to trust that their angels are talking to them in one way or another. And by reading my story and Lisa's story, because it's all of our stories, it's just not my story, it's Lisa's story, and it's Jim's story, my husband's story, it's Jasper and Aaron's story, it's everybody's story that maybe they can see, maybe they can see their story and they can get a glimpse of their own story because it's, it's everybody's story. It's not just, it's not just mine, but it's a great story. A great true story. <laughs> Love that. Well, Melinda, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Such a wonderful story of how love goes on and how you can commune with those that you love for all of the rest of your time here on this physical plane and then know that they're there waiting for you in heaven, ready to watch you thrive while you live now and to see you thrive throughout all of eternity. We'll take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we celebrate the great love that goes on for all eternity. And we really think about those that have passed before us. And we really celebrate the love that they had for us and that the love that we too have for them. What a great way to thrive in our lives and in all that we do by simply and completely really living the best as we can now and loving them just as purely and truly now as we did when they were here on this mortal coil. And I really do hope that you will enjoy this next author as well as we talk more about great love that lasts for all eternity. Let's jump right into our next interview. Join me in welcoming Mayor Kotika. How are you doing today, Mayor? I'm doing very well indeed. How are you doing? I am doing good, thanks. Your book is called 30 Days in Heaven. Um, and I'm really interested to hear you tell us a little bit about it. Well, Steve, primarily and first and foremost, it's a love letter from me to my parents. It is for me to say thank you for, to them. Thank you for honoring me in being my parents. And it's only after that they were no longer with me that I have realized that my heaven lied at their feet. In February 2019, my parents joined me and um, in India and we had a fantastic one month together. There was no cooking, no washing, no housework, no paperwork, no uh, organizing things. 
All we did was just enjoy the ride. We spent massive quality times together, watching movies, going on trips to the Statue of Unity and to other beautiful places. We met up with family in the state of Gujarat. We went to the beach in Div and had a beautiful time there. Mum and Dad then went on to meet up with their friends from Swadhyay Pariwar in Kutch. And just days before the accident, we visited, and this was for the first time in their lives, we visited all four of my grandparents' places of birth. We saw the houses they were born in. We saw the schools they went to. We actually met an old man in the place where uh, my... Um, grandfather from my mum's side was born he actually knew my grandfather and my great-grandfather and it was very interesting listening to him about the good old days we visited uh, the school where my grandmother from my dad's side um, the school that she went into the school that she was expelled in dad uh, giving us a good laugh about uh, the the uh, Day she got expelled after um, getting into a fight with the headmaster's teacher. And we were just uh, imagining and um, her running around in the playgrounds of that, uh, being mischievous. And uh, me and my father knew where we got our mischievousness from, I guess. Now, my parents were also foodies, and they loved their Gujarati cuisine and their Indian street food though mum would always tell people that she does not eat junk food. The book covers, for anybody who's into um, vegetarian Indian cooking, they would love the, the names of a lot of the dishes that I've mentioned in the book. The book also discloses a dark secret at the heart of my family. Series of abuses and desperate attempts for cover-up. From one side and then from the other side, there was a desperate attempt for the truth to set everybody free. It's a story of love between a battered father and his son who was mentally abused by the same abuser, both protecting each other and hiding their own pains behind the smile. And the book is written in very good humour that even the darkest and most painful times are covered in humour. It's... It makes it pleasant to read as well. It's a story of a blackmailed mother forced to keep quiet if she's going to carry on with any form of relationship with her grandchildren. It's a, it is a touching story of a loving closure between mother and son and also a touching closure between uh, husband and wife. The book carries on from... Uh, the accident into the eight months that I spent in various hospitals in India and London. Actually, I was given up for dead in the, on these occasions and then told I would not walk again. Um, but in October last year, October 2021, I completed uh, the London Marathon just to prove um, the doctor wrong. I was uh, very, very, very lucky that I had fabulous friends surrounding me. None more than Sujata. Sujata was awesome. She actually flew out to India when she found out what had happened to me. She spent days with me at the hospital bed. She flew me in a, in a medical plane all the way back to London. And for the next eight months, she came to the hospital almost every day, bringing me everything I needed showering her love upon me, um, making sure that I keep my chin up and I fight all the way. She is probably the biggest reason why I'm alive today. And along with that, she, when I was in hospital, she took care of me there. She also took care of my house and made sure that my house was adapted for my um, disability. And... She did that, all with a smile, and a very beautiful smile as well. And behind that smile, she took on 
a massive burden to make sure that I was happy and recovering well. She took care of my house. She took care of uh, my relatives. She was the number one contact point from anybody who wanted to find out how I was doing. And along with Sujata was my best friend, Pramod Joshi, and his awesomely supportive wife, Selakshana. They made my recovery pleasant. Then there were my friends, Mahesh Bhai and his wife, Veena Ben, and my friend from University, Usha, and my little sister, Manisha. They all prayed for me. They all kept me going. There was family and relatives that uh, kept me going. Today, my fight carries on to get myself fully fit and uh, physically stronger and stronger. And a bigger fight carries on to get the truth out to my four candles, to my Avni, to my Arjun, my Nikhil and my Ravi, so they can live a life of truth and dignity. Well, the truth is, Steve, that uh, every family has their own challenges, and I guess uh, ours was no difference. I mean, what I mean is that many human beings go through unjust abuse, and many a times the abuser is known by the abused. Um, in my story, it's a story of my deep pain, my hurt, um, mainly because of my own weakness in not giving in, in my weakness in giving up to, into other people's thoughts and actions. It was a hurt that for many, many years, I guess, uh, in which I said nothing. I just probably cried and cried in silence until my eyes emptied out. When my A-levels were chosen for me, I, they were not chosen for me, they were forced upon me. I stayed silent for years and I cried. I felt I was totally worthless and useless. When the lady I was marrying, the only woman that I truly fell in love with, and um, when I was 100% loyal to her, my love and dedication was just for her, I guess when she engaged in her affairs with one man or another, that, that actually did hurt. Um, and I guess I cried in silence. When I, I guess one of the biggest hurts was uh, years, uh, 13 years after uh, the incident, I mean, when I realized that uh, I was going around the matrimonial fire with my ex-wife and uh, she was carrying a child from another man. And now this was both an abuse on the child and me. Um, she was not marrying the father of the child and the child was brought up believing that I was the father, I was brought up believing that she was my child. And now, please don't get me wrong, I have got nothing but extreme love for my daughter. She is my daughter. And in my heart, she'll always be my daughter. But we were all living lies because of... Um, because of uh, the truth being hidden from all of us. And this, again, led to... for me to be pain in silence. When my children were taken away from me and led to believe that it was me who had the affairs. I could do nothing but cry in silence. My father, when he became a punching bag for someone who was meant to see the sanctuary of heaven at his feet, I guess, we both cried in silence. And all this had led to anger. Anger that that only comes when a man is totally and utterly shattered and broken. And if a man gets broken over and over again, it leads into a world where he's feeling absolutely defeated and useless with no end in sight. I guess I felt that I had nothing left, no hope, no faith. I really wanted to run away from myself as far as I could. 
But how could I run away from myself? I, the pain was in my heart. It would follow me, the pain would follow me wherever I'd go. And now, my confidence had totally and utterly suffered. I guess the deepest wounds are the ones that cannot be seen. And when they're, and then they're very deep, they can never heal. I felt like as if I was living in a body without a soul. In the Indian tradition, men are encouraged to hide their emotional suffering and to suffer in silence. And when they do this, I guess even they cannot understand their emotional trauma that they are going through. And like physical trauma, mental trauma needs to be healed. After losing my children, and then losing my battle to get my truth out to them. My heart was broken, and it was broken into millions of pieces. It's only after the accident that, which left my body absolutely shattered. I had broken all my ribs. My left pelvis was broken. It's got about 15 to 20 nuts and bolts. Supporting it. My left arm was fractured. My lungs, both my lungs were punctured. And I had a broken collarbone. It is only out of coming out of that. That I had the mental strength and motivation. To pick up each and every piece of my heart. And to put my heart back together I guess. Giving me, giving my heart love, faith, telling it everything's going to be fine, giving it courage. It was only then that I could move forward, I guess, from my trauma. But there was one thing that was stopping me from moving on. And that, that thing was still causing me anger and pain. And that was the truth had to set not only me free, but it had to set my four candles, my two children and my brother's two children, it had to set them free. All these years, my silence had caused me pain. My, cause, had pain, you know, my pain has caused me, caused me anger. And this is my truth. Even after the truth is out there, I don't know, Steve, but I believe that the healing will take a long, long time. Years of emotional trauma can loom very large. It gets deeply embedded. It shatters a person. And all this is difficult to heal. It takes much, much time to heal. But the healing is very important. Almost all human beings gets abused at one time or another. It could be from bullies at school or from a boss venting his personal anger at a uh, staff. It could be from uh, somebody trying to dictate your education or your path in life. Or it could be somebody being used as a punching bag. And in this story, it's a message of nothing will change unless we change. The abuser has to change himself not to be abused. And the abused has to change for abuse not to happen. Waiting for the world to change will never happen. I know that. I remember, Steve, I wanted to be a history teacher. And it was the only subject which I excelled in. I would sit listening to Mr. Wyatt, absorbing all that he had uh, taught us. And... Um, I would get a grade A in all history exams uh, without even uh, revising or trying. I would, in all other subjects, I would uh, try um, ten times harder than any of the students and I would fail. I remember copying my um, friend's uh, chemistry homework all the time and one day he got into trouble for copying me. I wanted to be a history teacher. 
but, and I chose history, economics and law as A-levels. This was taken out of my hands. I was forced to study maths, chemistry and physics, something I really did not have any understanding for. It took all my self-confidence away. It forced me into a life I did not want to live. And this was abuse, Steve. And I took it in silence and I suffered. My, my aspirations, my dreams, my chosen life, all taken away from me. Now, in the Indian culture, it is common that children are often subject to this type of abuse when parents dictate their path of thinking they know best. In my case, it was not my parents. In my book, I show how I had to change. Instead of allowing others to choose my path, to strive towards my own dreams, my own goals. In life, abused and abusers happen to be men, women, old, young, from every background, every color. And collectively, we have to change to stop it. It is not an individual problem, but of the society as a whole. But the collective can start with I. What has already happened, no one can change. Got a, a sense of humor that you cannot go back in time. But we can change our foresight. I mean, what I mean, Steve, there is that if it's necessary, we have to change our point of view. We can stop punishing other people. And more importantly, we can stop punishing ourselves. As well as teary-eyed love letter written in good humour, this is the story of my change. There is abuse. There is abuse towards women. Even men have been victim towards physical abuse, like my father was. I was not a victim of physical abuse, but the emotional and mental scars did tear me up from inside, very deeply, I guess. These two is mental violence. For his wealth, my father was physically violated. And even after my parents were no more with us, his uh, wishes on uh, how he once wanted his wealth to be distributed, um, the mental torture on taking away my inheritance away from me carried on. Um, and this too, whilst I lay helpless uh, in hospital, recovering from uh, near death and with multiple injuries, my father's name was taken away from uh, the post office that he owns and a piece of land that he owns in Kent. And further attempts to take his name out of the house that I'm living in. Now, this has, house has no monetary value for me. It's a place where I spent many happy years with my parents. It's one place where I still feel the presence of my highest gurus. I still feel Papa watching TV with me. And whilst, I mean, I feel him next to me eating his favorite Indian sweets, watching uh, cricket or watching football or watching an Indian movie. I still smell the aromas of my mom's and she was an absolute fantastic cook and I can still smell them and I can still hear her lecturing me and more so now uh, about the uh, about the house and the mess the house is in and the attempt to take all this away from me is very painful but the biggest mental abuse of all was the lies to my four candles they've been brought up with thinking terrible things. Terrible things have been mentioned to them. Aspirations of hate were cast upon the four innocent minds at a very young age, at an age where they were impressionable. And they were brought up believing these, despite proofs existing of the contrary. This was an abuse on their souls, as well as mine. My son believes it was me who had the affairs. No, I didn't have a single affair while I was with his mum. It was the other way around. DNA results of my daughter had devastated me. 
this was an abuse on her as well as uh, me. She was brought up with me rather than her own biological father. Now, we were all living lies and then to hide the truth with lies and then with more lies and never-ending lies had ended up in many souls being abused and destroyed. It destroyed character of my children's, uh, my character in my children's eyes and that of my brother's children, I guess. This is actually act of mental violence. Now, many a times I was angry. I wanted vengeance on all those who did me wrong. My ex-wife for her never-ending affairs. My brother for his ill-treatment of me even since ever since we were children. But more than that, for his physical violence towards Papa. And I was hurt when he chose and dictated the direction of my studies, totally against my wishes. Well, but what he did to Papa is unforgivable. All the way towards his death, he suffered physical violence. Had I chosen the path of vengeance, they would surely have to pay very hefty price for each and every abuse they did towards me, towards my father, towards my mother, towards my four candles. But then I would be no different from them. I could not do to my worst enemies what they did to me and to my father. Instead, instead what I've chosen is that I've chosen a path where I'm going to be improving myself physically and mentally and moving forward from their abuse. Um, chosen, um, right. What I'm trying to say here, Steve, is that I've chosen to let go of their punishment from their abuse and the punishment that I gave myself leading from the punishment they gave me. Thoughts of vengeance on them crossed my mind, I guess, many a times. But if I embarked on that path, my entire life, I guess, would be in bitterness, not being able to move forward or bettering myself. Yes, thoughts of hating them kept coming back to me. I was, I was deeply wounded by their abuse, only to realize that they're not so important to me, Steve, that for me to give them my consideration. They, they are abusers and not important for my energy. And I guess they're not even worthy of my hate. But the truth is, I have moved into a beautiful and empowering journey in my life. What they did to me, my father and my four candles and my mother, Neither have I forgotten, nor neither will I ever forget. The abuse was extremely deep. I pray that... I pray that I will never get into a position that their abuses increase so much that I become helpless in fighting back. And with hatred inside me, I, that would be a tragedy. A tragic, I do pray that I do have the strength that even with the hate increasing for me, I do not hate. For my son growing up, I kept quiet for a long time with his hatred for me growing. But the brainwashing of my son and my four candles with lies should not have happened. The abusers had no right to play moral guardians to my four candles, especially when their teachings were fraught with immorality and it was fraught with lies, which actually ended up in destroying the souls of these four children. Years of pain, years of humiliation, it cannot be forgotten. 
It was not a minor wound to my heart. They shattered my self-respect for my soul. My identity was destroyed. Now, when that happens, especially in front of my four candles, it leaves a big, big, massive scar that... Now, I have no wish to punish them. I guess their own karma will punish them in either this life or another life. If my four candles do not change from their hatred or present thoughts towards what they know of me or what they think they know of me, no matter how successful they become externally in their lives, their souls will never find peace and happiness. It will always be tainted with lies. And it is important for me to get my story exposed, to explode the truth, proven truth. Now, Steve, children at a young age are gullible and easily influenced. And once they put their flag down on where they stand, they will take their stance. That stands for a long, long, long time. Um, even if somebody comes and tells them the truth, they will not believe it. Even for the rest of their lives, maybe. Like children being raised in a radicalized hate belief, uh, that's nothing to do with God's love. Yet, they will serve their whole life thinking their hate for certain people is righteous in serving their God. It takes an, in, an internal paradigm shift uh, for uh, their life to be self-assessed in alignment with clear and open thinking. In this book, I hope that I have created this open and clear thinking um, for all those that have been radicalized with lies and especially for my four candles after the breakdown of my marriage, I guess especially my four candles, hopefully they can take the courage to look at the proven truths and they can face the facts with open heart and minds and use their own judgment and only after seeing the proof do they make these judgments took my mother to be away from the atmosphere of influence for her to step back and realize the truth and the cover-ups and the deceptions. Unfortunately, her closure came moments before her final breath. Maybe that's all that was needed for her karmic balance to be restored for her to move on to a better world. But Steve, um, I have to stress that uh, the book is actually a love letter. It is a love letter between, from me to my parents. Um, yes, it does cover the dark side of my family, but it is a, um, a massive, massive, massive thank you from me to my parents in that I was their son. And if I had to give any message to my parents, I would say that in any lives after this, if I had to choose any parents, any parents at all, it would be nobody else but them. They were my living gods. They are my highest gurus. And my heaven is at their feet. And the book is called 30 Days in Heaven. You can book get it on Amazon right now. Mayor, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Excellent. Thank you very much. What a great tribute to his parents. You can, if you're listening to this live, get 30 Days in Heaven on Amazon for free today. And of course, both of the books are available at any time um, after their free days on Amazon as well. Um, if I didn't mention in the first interview, book two will be coming out in the Jasper and Aaron series uh, next week, actually. So look forward to that as well. 
I really do hope that you will take the time today to share with somebody that you love just how important they are in your life. To love the people that are in your life and also send love to those that have gone on before you. Great love knows no bounds. It doesn't stop with the beating of a heart. It is so much greater than and so much more eternal than this moment, this breath that we take. And each of us needs to live our lives in a lot of ways, but one of the more important ones really is to be an honor, a testament for those that have gone before us, those that have poured themselves into us and made us the people that we are now. What a great way to honor somebody by being a wonderful individual, making a difference in the world that only you can make. I tell you every week, but it's so true. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. It's time to share the most and the best of who you are with the world. To be all that you can be and maximize while it's today. We never know from day to day, week to week, what time we have left, what time we have left with the people that are in our lives. But what we can do is spend, whether it be 30 days or 30 seconds, the time invested in them to share with them the love that we feel. Because great love is eternal. It lasts, it goes on and on forever. And for those people that you've lost, oh, trust me, I understand even now the pain that you're going through. But know that they're in a better place. That they're waiting for you, cheering for you. They're your greatest fans. They were in your life and they are now still. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering for you as you run the race of your life. They know because they've crossed the finish line and won their race, they know that you're going to win your race too. And they want it to be a big victory. They want it to be something amazing, something incredible that changes the world in just the way that your life was meant to. So maximize today. Love greatly. Embrace the love, the eternal love of those that have gone on before you and thrive. I encourage you to maximize while it's called today to be the best you you can be today and to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve,
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-